0: Wow, 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 you guys. It has been a week in the Bravo Universe. Welcome back to another episode of The Reality Informant. I'm your host, Allie Crossan, and we have a solo episode today, and we are going to cover a lot. Okay. This last week, we had Real Housewives of New Jersey premiere. We had Vanderpump Rules premiere. um, Obviously, we had Miami up. Uh, It's been a week, and not only did we have new episodes, new seasons premiere, we had a lot of news in social media. The girls are fighting, you guys. We will cover that. And then we will round out this episode with really just some hot takes that, I'm getting from you guys on my TikTok. And if you did not know, you can follow me on TikTok. It's at underscore Allie X Cross. That's at underscore Allie X Cross. I will obviously have it in the description, but there you can find me talking about all the hot topics throughout the week. I'm responding to real-time social media arguments and really just having a super engaging Conversation with you guys. It's really amazing. But I want to bring some of the hot takes to the podcast so we can discuss them. Obviously, on solo episodes, I'll give you my opinion. When we have guests, we will go back and forth and get their opinions on it. It's going to be fun. Well, let's just dive right into the recaps of this week, right? We are going to talk about VPR. We're going to talk about Real Housewives of Miami, we're going to talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey. That's where I'm at this week. There's a lot going on, but I need to keep it, you know, focused if you will. So, let's let's get into Real Housewives of Miami. You guys, if you don't have Peacock, you need to download it. It's worth every penny. I don't care what you say. It's worthwhile just for the show alone, and then you get to see, obviously, every other franchise. Housewives and other Bravo shows, it's just premium, you know? Sometimes you got to pay a premium, and I have no shame. It's worthwhile. Peacock, if you ever want to sponsor me, I welcome that. Anyway, Real Housewives of Miami this week. Wow. They had basically their big trip to Bahama in the Bahamas, but before they went, Alexia and Nicole got dinner to address the gringo dinner disaster, if you will. And to me, this dinner was a lesson in how to address your shit and get over it, okay? They obviously are both stubborn people, which they acknowledged based on their astrological signs, which if you're into that, okay, I, I'm not, but I respect it, okay? And they are both very stubborn people. So it was a little bit like watching a ping pong match for a few minutes there, but they they got to common ground. They agreed that they just want to move forward. I think Alexia was just trying to say the act of throwing your black Amex card at a lawyer was very disrespectful. And I get what she's saying after seeing it and hearing Alexia's side of it. Yeah, it's rude. If I was a lawyer, I'd be like, excuse me, bitch, like what are you doing? But, uh, you know, the context was obviously that Nicole was super pissed off that people were just basically defaming her. Um, and, you know, she had a reaction. Was it heated? Was it overdramatic? Yes. But this is Miami, you guys. Of course it's overdramatic. So I'm just glad that they met. They had dinner. They got over their shit. And they said, we want to have a good trip with the girls. Like, let's let's do that and go in with a positive mindset. And that they did. Okay. Nicole was in charge of this trip and I guys, do we know the finances of this? Like obviously it's sponsored, but when they say someone's hosting it, are they just the ones actually like communicating all of these sponsorships? Like someone someone needs to let me know because there's no way that they're doing it out of pocket for all this. Are you kidding me? Um, I know they have a lot of money, so it's not really a problem, but come on. We know sponsorships exist. I'm very curious. So When we have a guest that knows, I'm going to dig into that a little bit more. (laughs) But this trip to Baja Mar, to me, was like so fun. It really felt like, okay, this is what Housewives is, right? You have all these personalities and people are having fun and you really feel the friendships. Um, And that's something that I feel like is missing in a lot of franchises at the moment. And Miami does it really well. And this trip was so much fun. Um, Obviously, you know, the girls were all going down. I know Marisol could not go because she had COVID uh, at the upfront of the trip. And, you know, we get there and, you know, Lisa gets there. Nicole was actually kind enough to give her her own master suite in the presidential suite. That's a nice friend, okay? I know Lisa's always been a little bit, you know, bougie about having the solo room a la Ramona but she I think in this circumstance deserves it and she needed a break and her friends saw that so good on Nicole for for doing that proactively what killed me was and this was like right before they actually went there was um on this trip was that uh you know, Lisa and Nicole and Kiki had been out at 11 in Miami and they were out the whole night. And basically Lisa is venting about Lenny because she's with her girlfriends. This is like when she gets out and away from the mess, she actually vents, but they're trying to party and the editing does them so dirty. You guys, the editors just made it seem like Lisa was talking about this for hours and hours, which to a degree I'm sure is true. But Come on, let her live. She's going through a really hard time. But anyway, I was just thinking of that. But why I say that is because when she came on the trip, Nicole made a point to say, you know, when she met her in the room, listen, if you bring up the L word, aka Lenny loser, you need to take a shot. And yeah, they were keeping up with it, you guys. And it just kept happening during the whole episode. And I thought that was comedic gold. And I just laughed every time she said Lenny and the, the, the bell went off. Like, that killed me. thought that was amazing. And to be quite honest, haven't we all lived a version of that, right? I feel like we've all had a friend that has, like, a very toxic ex, and you just have to kind of listen to them get through it, and it's a little exhausting, but we're there for them, you know? And Maybe you've been through it yourself, so you're guilty of it. So we can't judge Lisa. And also, like, her situation is magnified times a billion, so... I give her grace. I definitely give her grace. But this trip really just made me appreciate how different all of these women are and how they work together. While I'm watching the show, I'm also very aware of what's going on in social media, but I'm trying to focus on, you know, what's going on in the show and they were having a really good time. It really gave me hope. I mean, even at their dinner that they had, um, I know Adriana and Alexia had a moment at this dinner where they were actually kind of opening up to each other about the space between them and what's been going on. And Adriana was really digging into, you know, you know what she thinks the issues are. And she obviously calls out Madisol and what's going on there. basically feeling like she's been ousted by Marisol and Alexia and it's been it's been hard to watch but you know what's interesting when you watch these like these flashbacks yeah i see what Adriana's saying but in real time she's also doing things that are kind of like in the past have been a little bit hurtful but i don't know maybe Alexia's holding a little bit of a grudge i don't know i think she's protective of Adriana, I think she is, but I just don't know. I don't know. They definitely there's definitely tension between the three of them. So, you know, we're we're watching this happen it's towards the end of the episode and it feels good. It's like, oh, there's hope. And then who comes barging into the dinner? But Madison, no more COVID apparently. And she's screaming for her cockies, a.k.a. her cocktails. And, you know, (laughs) I feel like everybody was like, oh, shit. I mean, as a viewer, I I don't have a problem with Marisol. I definitely think she stirs the pot and, you know, definitely gangs up with Alexia. But I think there are friends that do that. (laughs) Green-Eyed Bandits. Um, You know, and you just kind of have to appreciate them for what they give to the show. And I enjoy Marisol, but I definitely agree that, her and Alexia are a little bit harsh with Adriana. They are. They are. That's my opinion. So we ended a to-be-continued right when Marisol walks in. There's awkward tension between, you know, Adriana, well, really for herself, because I feel like Alexia just kind of got up and ignored her and then was very happy that her friend was there. So we'll see how that lands. But I wanted to do two notable mentions of this episode. One is Julia and her adoption story. I, if you did not know, am adopted, and I just love that Bravo is highlighting these kinds of stories. Uh, Julia is obviously in a same-sex marriage with Martina, and it's just nice to see these real-life situations play out, and you know what it takes emotionally, financially, um, you know the issues that they run into. Being a same-sex couple. I know that they wanted to adapt from Russia and that was a no-no because they were a same-sex couple. And, you know, I think these are real stories, guys. This is what we miss sometimes, right? They're not being contrived and and built by the cast like before. It's not sneaky. This is just like a real thing that's happening. And yeah, I don't know. It resonates with me and it makes me feel like. This show is a little bit more authentic than maybe the rest, um, but yeah, wanted to mention that because I think it's amazing and she's very brave to be really just showing what's happening, um, you know, in these meetings that she's happening. So wanted to call that out. I think it's great. I know they also have touched adoption with Rachel this past season in Winterhouse. I also loved that. It's just bringing in, you know, real life stories that represent different people, and I think it's important to do that. So good on Bravo. Also notable mention was the Botanica store. I'm sorry. I know that they were collecting stones and like whatnot. And Alexia kind of addressing that this was a little bit like witchcraft was very funny. Now, I felt like Julia took it a little bit too seriously, Alexia's comments. I think she was truly just reacting to them. And it instantly reminded her of her conversation with Marisol. And it was like, not a big deal. You know, I think she was just saying, oh, my gosh, Marisol was just saying that she had COVID. Somebody put a hex on her like she's going through stuff. And then to see this, it's like you just say it. I mean, I got where Alexi was coming from. I didn't I don't think it was too like too much deep. I feel like, you know, the producers and the confessionals were kind of asking her more about how she felt about those things. And I think a lot of people have like feelings about it. Um, you know, I respect it. If that's something that you're into, I'm not going to judge you. But I hear Alexia, like, I don't want that stuff on me. It makes me a little bit, you know, uncomfy. But again, thought that was very funny. And what all of that reminded me of was Katie and Stassi and their whole, like, witchy vibes. And that is a perfect segue to the new Vanderpump Rules season premiere. Okay, you guys, let's get into it. VPR, this premiere was quality television. And I don't even mean like cinematography. I just mean, I felt like this is going to be good and messy. And we've been watching this cast for a long time. So to see them kind of be in this like adult phase of their lives and still going through like really messy shit is quite entertaining. And obviously, let's talk about Schwartz and Katie. Now, if you follow me on TikTok, you know that I am all about Katie's redemption tour this season i am so excited for her i think she's really been held back and she's been basically this whole like tequila katie story and that whole narrative like come on like that was because of the situation she was in which was obviously toxic like anyone with eyes could see that um and I just want her to break free of that and really just have a good season where we can see her for who she is. And she's funny, you guys. I I am a Katie fan. I really am. And I have to say, watching Katie and Schwartz discuss their divorce and kind of where they're at now was really eye-opening. And I think that they and the show have handled this so well because we on the outside, right, we see things on social media in real time. So sometimes we see it play out later. But I feel like they kind of kept their feelings about it pretty private. And only now are we really seeing like where their headspace is at, and they're talking about it, and you feel like you're getting a little bit more. It's not like you've already seen this story. And I appreciate that. Um, I do have to say, I am very impressed. <laughs> I have to say it with like I'm not taking a deep breath, right? I'm impressed with the way Schwartz is prioritizing the friendship that he has with Katie. I mean, I think he has a lot to prove and I think he's trying and I respect that. I think he I think he does want it to be a good situation. I do. Um Then you know the episode we see a lot. We see obviously Lisa pops in for like two minutes. I I, like why? I mean, do we really need it? We know she's there. Like, let's just wait for it to be a little bit more authentic, okay? (laughs) But whatever, she pops in. She's actually pops in when Katie, Lala, and Ariana are having a sit down dinner, and they are discussing that they're going to see James DJ at Hotel Ziggy, right? And you know, in that conversation, Lala really addresses the fact that she's, like, pissed at Schwartz. Now, they were actually talking about going to see James DJ at Sir. They're also talking about Hotel Ziggy. There's, like, multiple plans. But Katie actually is asking Lala, are you going to come with us to see James at Sur first? Like, you're going to come, right? And basically, Lala's like, hell no, I'm not going because I don't want to see Schwartz. I really just, like, don't want to be around him today or tomorrow, whatever. And I want to stop and talk about this for a second because I've seen very different opinions online. I've also seen Schwartz's opinion or and Tom Sandoval's opinion on this. And let's have a chat, guys. I am obviously coming from a perspective of I'm a mom myself, okay? There are children involved. And I feel like Lala... Has to make decisions for herself and her child. And when it comes to custody, this is like no joke. So she needs to make sure that whoever is surrounding her is a supportive of what she feels like is the right thing to do in terms of the custody of her child, but also she doesn't need anything that's going to be like against her. I don't, I, I just from like a legal perspective, also an emotional perspective. She's got to protect her peace. And yeah, did she come down a little bit harsh on Schwartz being like, screw you? Like, I saw the text messages. She basically was saying, like, you're done, dude. We're done here. And, like, not shocked because of the way you treated Katie. Like, that was a dig that I do not think was necessary. (laughs) Like, you could have just left it. Um, To bring in the whole marriage thing was pretty shitty. I mean, he's obviously at a low point in his life. But you could argue Lala is also at a low point in her life. So... The whole thing, um, I I understand where Lala's coming from. Again, I'm a mom and you do anything for your kid. And if that means cutting out people who you feel like are not supportive of your decisions and how you want to handle like custody battles and things like that, you need to protect your peace and create those boundaries, even if it hurts other people. Like, listen, it's your kid. So I understand Lala. Also, can we just talk about Lala's evolution? like I'm here for it. I love her. She's still her. She's still spicy and inappropriate and I I just I love seeing her and the fact that she's a mom is just that much sweeter. Like I love her. I don't care what anyone says. She just she just is something that you can't create. She just is and I love her. So, I will leave it at that. I think what else I want to just add on in terms of, I say I leave it at that, but of course I have something else to say. The Toms, their chat about the way Lala feels about this situation pissed me off, okay? They don't have children. They are not mothers. They are not in a custody battle. This isn't like a Lala's high and mighty. This is like a Lala has a decision to make about her life. And if you can't get on board, Fine. But this is not her being like full of herself and egotistical, like whatever you guys, like, come on. The fact that they couldn't see that just shows me that they're still immature to a degree. And while I'm very happy for them and I want Schwartz and Sandys to like, do so amazing because I think they deserve it. They put a lot of hard work in it. In this situation, I was not with the conversation they were having. I thought it was, like, really gross and kind of just totally missed the mark on the point of Lala's opinion. So, that. We also cannot move on without talking about Raquel and James. Oi. Oh, guys, I was looking, I honestly wanted to look up and see how old Raquel was because I know she's younger, but I just, I don't know. I feel like that would have given me a sense of where, where she was at mentally. And she's 28. So she's probably 27 when the whole breakup happened. The engagement was like what? 25, 26, 26. It wasn't even that long. Was it 25, 26? So as a 31 year old woman, I believe that where she was at was like a really critical time for her in terms of like her growth and development and like the way she sees relationships. And obviously don't quote me, but there is absolute, there are studies out there. I know for a fact that talks about how women come into like full maturity around like 25 to 30, maybe closer to 30 men. It's probably 50. Sorry. I'm, I'm being that way. Um, (laughs) but I just felt like this was, like, a very critical time for her, and this was such a traumatic thing. The fact that she gets engaged, they break it off. Six weeks later, James is with somebody new, and he's, like, apparently in love with her, and this is the end-all, be-all, which is what he said about Raquel, like, six weeks earlier. So yeah, this is really hard for Raquel, and I get that, and I think she was coming from a place that she always wanted James to be better, but at a certain point, like, you need to make sure that your emotional needs are being met, and he was not able to do that. And while she may have made the decision to, like, end this engagement, doesn't mean she doesn't still love him, doesn't mean she's still not in love with him, it just means that she recognizes that this is not her forever person. And that's a hard thing to digest. We all know. I'm sure we, you've been through it. It's a grieving process, right? It does not take six weeks, all right, for most of us, especially women. I think we are obviously more emotional, and it just—it was just shocking as a viewer to understand the timeline. I was like, what? Six weeks? How is that even possible? But, I mean, James moves quickly, as we know. He's zero to 100 let's talk about them actually running into each other at the bathroom. So (laughs) Raquel comes out of the bathroom at sir. And who's there? James. Was that set up? Probably, but let's ignore it guys just for the moment. Okay. And it is awkward as hell. Obviously Raquel has had some things to drink and she's a little bit loosey goosey and she just like, kind of doesn't know what to do with herself and they talk, they have a weird exchange and you know, James said, it's the love of my life. Like, you know, we're good, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, the love of your life. And my heart broke for her because I get that. That is like, how do you, how can you hear that from someone who just told you, you were the love of their life like two months ago. It's just, it's a hard thing to swallow. So watching Raquel kind of process this in real time on film was hard to watch. I felt sad for her. I don't know how I would handle it and also if I was like 27, I probably would have done the same thing. I don't know. Who knows? This whole thing is like it's I don't even think it's an age thing. It's just a it's just truly like a hard thing to deal with. And on the filming happening, it's just magnifying your feelings even more. So it was awkward. I will say, I will say I was impressed with James because he tried to keep it short. He tried to be respectful, I believe, and which is like new. I can't believe it. it was like one sentence, but that I actually said James was being respectful. But he, in this situation, I think was being respectful to his current girlfriend, Allie and Raquel. Because he was like trying to keep it moving and like there's nothing really else to say here. I mean, I know it's painful, but like, come on, we gotta we gotta keep this train moving. And for that, I thought that was actually a pretty mature way to handle it. Um, obviously he had to dig in there about, you know, I'm drinking a little bit and someone's not using that as an ultimatum, like stop drinking or I'll leave. But James, you also had like a little bit of an alcohol problem, let's be real. So I that was stupid. But the whole thing Was just like kind of awkward to watch. We actually saw them go to another DJing event for James at Hotel Ziggy where we see Allie and Raquel meet for the first time. And that shit sucks. I don't care who you are, they could be the nicest person in the world. It's weird. It's awkward. Like I had secondhand cringy, like embarrassment. I did not feel good watching it. I just don't love those things. And basically, Raquel says, let's talk to Allie. Now, I see both sides of this. Like, did she need to do that at an event that James was hosting? No, I actually think it would have been better if it was like when James was more in the group, not, you know, kind of separate. But you could also argue like this was her one opportunity to do it when James wasn't involved. Like, I get that too. But You just saw like them interacting was truly so weird. I mean, for Allie, and I think she really meant well. I just think she's a little bit younger and maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But the way she was like, it's like we switched places. I wanted to die. And Raquel wanted to die too. And I just felt so bad for Raquel in that moment because it's like she really was trying to play nice in the sandbox, but you know. When you hear things like that, it's like a dagger to the heart. And I just think Raquel is like, this sucks. This just sucks. (laughs) So that was weird. But honestly, good on Raquel for trying to create peace. I think that's notable and noteworthy. And we need to acknowledge that. So. That was good. So again, I'm really excited about this season. I have to say, I know Stasi was canceled and at the time, yes, but like, you know, we all evolve, we all grow. It was a little bit sad to not see her. Um, I was missing her and her quick whips and just her attitude. <laughs> like I missed it, but you know, we move on, we grow, things change. So I'm excited about this season. I'm really excited to see Sheena. I'm excited to see Lala and Ariana. We saw a little bit of a teaser of Ariana and Tom like going through a thing. But I'm like nervous about that. But let's see. Let's see. I'm very excited about it. And I really feel like it's just high quality (laughs) reality TV. And I was just talking to one of my girlfriends before I started recording and we were talking about VPR, shout out Nicole, and she basically said it really reminded me of like season one to four, like that messy, sloppy, like that's where this is going. And I 100% agree, but with a high value cinematography aesthetic, if you will. So very excited. Let's see what happens. Welcome to the shit show that is Vanderpump Rules. Okay. Okay. You know, my pride and joy is Real Housewives of New Jersey, you guys. I am a lover of this franchise. It has it was probably my gateway drug to really, you know, being really invested with Bravo and all the housewives. So, needless to say, I was very excited about premiere week. And this episode, honestly, I was I was very happy with it. You know, I think Let's talk about the newbies. The newbies, I feel like we absolutely, a bajillion percent needed new blood. Like, there's no question. We need new storylines, guys. I know present day we're still swirling around Teresa versus Melissa, which I feel like they're perpetuating a little bit on their own, but I'm over it. Like, I'm down the line. If someone does something wrong, I'm going to call them out on it, in my opinion. Like, if it's stupid, I will say, that was stupid, you know. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I am a blind loyalist to one or the other. I respect you if that is your truth. As you know, this is a Bravo democracy here. I'm open to all opinions. I may disagree with it, but let's have the conversation. Let's talk about it. But the newbies, okay? We have Rachel Fuda, and then we have Danielle. And first of all, if you did not see my TikTok, I'm looking at this Rachel girl, like, how do I know you? Who do you look like? And it hit me. It hit me. Olivia from Jersey Licious. If you watched Jerseylicious, you know Olivia is like an icon. It, it truly. So I could not get that out of my head. It was hard to unsee the whole episode. So I like kind of liked her. Maybe, maybe I liked her more because of that. But I will say this. I'm 31 years old. To hear that there was a housewife that was 31 years old, I was unwell, okay? It's like one of those things that I never thought was actually ever going to happen. But now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what? So my dreams and aspirations of being a real housewife have obviously, i am this is my reality. I'm not <laughs> at 31. But you know what? You never know. You never know. Anyway, I thought she was, I thought she was adorable. I thought she was cute. Her telling Jennifer that she was a hypocrite was like, okay, we're coming out spicy. I mean, she did call her out on her, like that was her opinion and she said it. And listen, I think you, you, you can say what you want, be ready for backlash, but I feel like you got to wait a minute, like just, just be there a minute and hear everybody's perspectives and then say what you feel. Otherwise, it's a little bit like, okay, you're starting shit already. But hey, listen, I respect her for doing it. I'm excited to see her. Let's see. I know they have a big tile business in Jersey. A lot of people are tagging me like Fuda tile business is massive. So I'm excited to see all about it. I know she's involved with that business. So again, I like new blood, Danielle. Danielle is a perfect fit. She is quintessential. Tri state area, Italian American, in my opinion. I say that because I'm a New Yorker. Well, you don't bite my head off. I'm from Long Island, okay? I I consider that New York, but a Long Islander. (laughs) And, you know, I feel like Jersey, New York, really, and maybe Connecticut, I'll throw you in there. No disrespect. Um, Italian Americans are a different breed. Obviously, then you kind of drill down and they're even more different. (laughs) But Uh, She just really reminded me of a lot of people I know, and I loved it. I think she came in, and she's going to be a personality, and we need that, and I loved her family. The way she just said, like, her husband is the hottest thing, like an Adonis, I I was screaming. That's hysterical. It's like very Jackie Evan vibes, but we all love Evan, so I understand. But anyway, Danielle's fun now. I did a little digging on this, okay, guys. No shade, no disrespect for, but this girl has been trying to be on TV for a long time. Okay, we all know now that she was on True Life. I'm a Staten Island girl. We knew that. Okay, she was trying to. I think they were. I think she was trying to drop her accent or something to be a like an actress. But the I don't. I don't remember. Like I didn't really recall, but I remember seeing it forever ago. And I tried to find it, guys. I tried, but. MTV does not have that season's episode listed. It's season eight, episode, I think, 13 or 15. I don't know, but it's not up. There's like sporadic episodes. Otherwise, I would share. You know I always love sharing the wealth. Well, she was on that. Then I like Google searched her. She was trying to be a mom influencer on YouTube, the bougie mama. It's still up. Go look at it. There's quite a few videos. She was trying out to be an Ellen guest host. That video is up still live. On her blog, I read it and there were like little excerpts basically saying that she was trying to be an actress. Um, I've had people reach out to tell me that she was trying to be on Survivor. Listen, you try to knock that door open long enough and it opens. Okay. And this is a nice door to walk into. So no shame. She had her eye on the prize. And in my opinion, this is a nice prize. So Good on you, Danielle. You've made it. Your family's adorable. Your kids, your daughter specifically, is she next gen Melania? I mean, Melania is a league of her own. So, like, let's just let's let's take a, back, a step back, Al. Calm down. She's not Melania. But she has the vibes. And I just appreciate that. So I'm I'm very happy with them. This episode, we saw, I mean, hell freeze over because Marge. Was invited over to Teresa's house to kind of like reset. And now, does it stay that way? Probably not. But I have to say, watching Teresa not only say she's raw as a cucumber, but make an attempt to have peace and explain her perspective, listen to Marge, felt good. I was like, okay, like, I feel like this is the Teresa that, like, we 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 want. And I think that Teresa is an incredible mother. And I feel like there's – I see that. Like, I see the way that she was in that conversation. And it's the way that she is as a mom. Like, I think she's a, an incredible mother. And I think there's just so much shit that this show has brought onto her life that it's like, how could she not be defensive? How could she not be – and, like, listen, you're going to be like, oh, my God, you're a Teresa stan. It's not even that. I just think, like – Let's call it like we see it. She has had a shitstorm around her for quite some time. So to be a little bit reactive, to be a little bit angry, to be you know stubborn. I'm, I mean, are you surprised? Like there's there's a lot that's going on in her life. So I don't knock her that knock her for that. I so again I appreciated their conversation. I thought it was a really good conversation for them to have and. You know, let's see where that goes. Let's see where that goes. Obviously, we see Melissa hosting this 80s party at the Roller Rink, which is, again, (laughs) if you're from the tri state area, this is very relatable. Like, I mean, you know, would I go to the Roller Rink? No, but that's because I am a liability at all times. Like, I can't stand up without falling. So that, but I've seen that. So I'm like, oh my God, that's cute. But this is where Jersey's a little different from Miami, okay? Miami has, like, a bougie, bougie dinner with crystal and two seafood towers, and then they had a tomahawk steak or something, and then in Jersey, we're at the roller rink, you know? Like, it's cool. Like, listen, I love it. That's why we love Jersey. I think it's a little bit more authentic to us. But anyway, they're at this roller rink, they're drinking, and, you know, before this, we see Marge and Melissa connect, and Marge opens up to Melissa about the conversation she has with Teresa. She basically leans, lets Melissa know what Teresa's saying, that, you know, her and Melissa and Joe are still going to have these issues, That and then, you know, Louie did say that Melissa was, like, insecure, and that, I was like, hmm of all the words to choose insecure was not the one that i would have used um it's not really representative of the situation i don't think uh but you know it was said so marge brings it back to melissa while they're at this holiday photo shoot and lol by the way the holiday photo shoot was everything and i saw some girls on tiktok like start posting about the calendar and it's really funny. It's like very, very funny. So I, you know, if you want, feel free to order that. I don't know if it's still out because it was like Christmas thing, but I'm sure somebody has it on eBay at this point. <laughs> um, But anyway, they're at Marge's house for this holiday party. Marge tells her and understandably Melissa's pissed. Now people are like, this is her only storyline. It's always about Teresa. You guys – This is the reality informant. Okay, let's be real. We know that production and the editing team, well, really production, wanted this conversation to come up on film between Marge and Melissa so we could see Melissa's reaction. All right? It's contrived a little bit. So I to say that this was like her choice and Teresa talking about that on her podcast. Like what like what does she bring to the show except talking about text messages? Like we'll get to this whole thing in a minute. But in this circumstance, like I don't think that's Melissa. Like a Marge brought it to her probably because production said talk about your conversation and it's brought up. So hmm, that's not Melissa's decision. That's all I'm going to say on that piece. Anywho, I'm very excited about this season. I felt really bad for Jackie. I still feel like Jackie deserves to be a housewife considering everything she's gone through and shared with us and been open and talks about how being open about her eating disorder saved her life. Like, like we should have just kept her. But I know she's talked about how she needed to take a step back. But still, it was like an ego punch. Duh. Um, and her saying to Rachel, like, can you basically saying you're not looking at me? Please look at me. And I saw people commenting about that. But guys, that's rude. Baseline. I am I work in corporate America. There have been moments where people will not look at me and they'll look at somebody else because I don't know, I'm a woman in the room. And I literally say, hi, my name's Allie, just to just make it very clear that you did not acknowledge me. So Jackie, I wasn't mad about that. Like, I thought that was very funny. I mean, was it edited in? Yes, but it just didn't bother me the way it's bothered other people. Anyway, very excited about New Jersey. I cannot wait to see where this goes. We know it's going to be a shit show. Social media is not helping. And with that, I think we can talk about some newsworthy items. Okay, let's go into basically Teresa and Melissa going back and forth this week because it was a little bit insane so Teresa goes on her podcast namaste bitches and basically says what is Melissa's storyline you know I've given birth I've gone to jail I've gotten divorced you know I've had family die what have you done like what have you done a text message that's your storyline and at surface level absolutely absolutely Teresa has, that's why she is who she is. That's why she is Real Housewives of New Jersey. She shares everything. Now, some of this stuff is happening to her, so she can't, like, avoid it. And, you know, I saw some comments on, on some of my TikToks basically like, okay, she, like, she went to jail and then she came back, obviously, for a paycheck. Okay, Sally, what the hell would you do? I would do the same thing. Uh, you need to make a buck. You need to get yourself back on your feet. She's a mom. So that annoyed me. Just like, stop. But she does. Teresa shares a lot. And I do think that her like life issues and, you know, everyone's are all relative to themselves. But as a viewer, they have been way more severe than maybe what Melissa has been going through. But, you know, Who am I to say? This is like a very personal situation to each. But Teresa's stories that she has shared have been humongous and like really life altering. So I do agree with Teresa that she has shared all of that. In this instance, I don't agree. I feel like it's like a production thing. Like they obviously chose to bring up this, this whole thing and, you know, talk about how Teresa and Melissa like aren't talking back and forth and like whatever, but with text messages and the text messages dropped, right? So we've seen if, you know, unless you live under a rock, (laughs) you've seen all the text message exchanges between Teresa and Melissa. And Melissa had said that Teresa didn't respond at all. Now we're seeing that there were actually a lot of responses back and forth, but really the uh, impetus of all of this is that Melissa Tried to reach out. Oh, excuse me. Oh, that's wrong. But the real point of this is that. Teresa, in Melissa's opinion, Teresa. Reaches out to Melissa only weeks after the reunion. And she does that. And it's like really. In Melissa's opinion, (laughs) bad timing. OK, she's like, oh, now you want to talk to me when you, you see after the reunion, the public's reaction to the way you've treated me like, yeah, it's bad. Like, come on, this is so fake, blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm sure Teresa took a step back, felt horrible about the way she called her brother a bitch boy. LOL. And uh, it it just hit her. She probably digested it, saw it play out, saw what people were saying and just like didn't didn't want that. I don't know, it just seems like she's trying. She's trying. Um and you know family relationships are so so challenging. You know, when you have a toxic relationship with family, it's just like very 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 difficult to navigate and it appears that Melissa's just been dealing with their situation for so long and she's just tired of it, you know, and at the same time like they both have to recognize on each side that the behavior patterns aren't working for each other, you know, for each other's sides. And if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. I've said this on TikTok. I said, do you think that if Teresa just iced out Melissa, like did not even talk about her, which I really think she should just stop because I think it's just like it's perpetuating this whole team tree, team Melissa thing. I think it would just, would that like organically, would they just kind of split and would the storyline stop because like the more we talk about it in real time it's never going to go away you know what I'm saying and I even said like would Melissa eventually fall out of the show because so many of her storylines are tied to Teresa I don't know you know I think I I got a lot of reactions to that people were like that's a good point people were saying no Melissa still has so much to bring and offer and like fine and then I said Oh, and then someone said, just get rid of Teresa. Like, that would be the best thing. What? Okay. And I responded. I said, guys, Teresa's not going anywhere. Like, she's not leaving Real Housewives of New Jersey, okay? The only way she'd ever leave, ever, is if she got a spinoff show with her daughters, which I believe would be Amazing. And I think they could do a lot with that. And, you know, someone had actually said, because I put that video up, and somebody said, I would literally stop watching everything else if that meant I could watch, like, if I only could watch this or everything else, I would just watch, like, Teresa's Family. (laughs) Um, And I think it would be cool, like, the dynamics, all the girls, right? They're all doing their own thing. I mean, they know the stresses that come with being on reality TV, so I don't know. It's got to be a family decision. But I do think that they, they could do that, and it would be successful. But I don't know if they're there yet, you know? So... Saying that Teresa has to go is saying that you want the show to be canceled, and I'm not with that, okay? So that. But I think we can just kind of go into these hot takes, right? So I have posted a few things going on, um, you know, and when I say hot takes, it's really in relation to, like, news and what's going on in the news, and there's a couple things I want to cover. We obviously covered Melissa and Tree with the whole podcast, them going back and forth. Melissa even said, like, posted some things saying, I have storylines, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of them are tied to Teresa, so we can't ignore that. But let's see where this goes. I'm a little bit exhausted by them. (laughs) I love them both for different reasons, but I'm exhausted by the storyline. It's a lot. How many times can we we see the same thing, you know? So let's see. I'm hopeful that the newbies bring new blood and it's a good thing. But again, we'll see. Next up is talking about Heather Gay's eye from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Okay. So if you did not see Shanny Pants 2 on TikTok, shout out Shannon, posted a video of Heather Gay's book tour event and it's like the first thing she says when she comes out on the stage and she goes I know you're here for the bad Mormon book but you're really here for the black Eye. who wants to hear about black Eye?" and you know the crowd's like woohoo she goes on to tell us that it was a counter she fell on a counter and she kept saying it and she felt like it had to be edited out because it was like an Airbnb that they were staying at and there's some sort of clause in there um and so she blamed production and editing for making it seem like it wasn't the counter. Um, uh, I have a lot of questions. Well, first of all, if you see the video, it's hysterical because the crowd is silent. They're like, excuse me, what? Because Heather has been saying like, for like weeks that she doesn't know, she doesn't remember. She went on the reunion when Andy pointedly asked her, she said... I don't remember. Like, I don't know. I just don't remember. But, like, you do remember. So why didn't you just say this on the show? Why didn't you say this on the reunion? Tell me why. And then I'll be okay. But I just need to understand because it is not mathing. okay? The math is not mathing. It does not make sense. So I was disappointed by that. I loved Heather season one and two. Season three, she really threw me off and confused me, like, standing behind Jen, like, what? Um. You know. Jen may have been a nice person, a nice friend, but she did bad things to elderly people. Like, no, sorry. Do not agree with standing by that. Like you gotta eventually say, enough's enough. She also lied to you all. So I don't know. It was like weird and Heather, I don't know, I'm hopeful maybe she'll like turn around next season, but this put a weird taste in my mouth. It really did. And I feel like it's I'm I'm not the only one who feels that way. So we shall see. Okay. Also happened this week. This is a busy week. Basically, Rinna went on, I think it was the Today Show. I have to quote, don't quote me on that. But she was in the press basically saying, I don't regret anything I did on Housewives. Like I brought it. I was real. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Rinna, I just need a break from you. You know, I just need a break. I was at BravoCon when she got booed and I've never felt more of like a collective safe space because I'm like, this is crazy. She's just like, I don't know. Listen, I I don't we don't want we don't need to go back to, you know, uh, freaking tequila gate and everything that went on with Kathy. But I just feel like let it go. You're, You're not here. Let it go. Just stop and like do something different go back to acting for a little while. Like I just we all just need to not we need to not. And also guys, I'm a little bit salty because I had said I had shot my shot with Rena Wines before Bravocon. I was like I'll be your I'll be your, you know, server else I'll, I'll hand this out to girls, like whatever people. Um men, women, children, whatever at Bravocon. And they this was like in August and then in November, they were like, "Haha, that would be so cute." And I'm like, "Really, guys?" This is rude. You're, like, making fun of me. And also, it's, like, months late. So, and also, Rena blocked me. So, it was even funnier because, uh, sorry, I'm just making this about me. But, yes, obviously, <laughs> Rinna is someone who I think needs a little bit of a timeout. And let's just, like, not hear about her and have her not speak about anything Bravo for a minute. That would be nice. That would be very nice. Okay. Something else that I really, really just wanted to address because it's hot off the presses and I know we're talking about Jersey a lot. (laughs) Jacqueline Larita, and Teresa were at lunch together at Cipriani in Vegas. This like just happened less than 24 hours ago. I truly made a TikTok last night at 10.30 PM because I was just like shook. It is 10.30 in the morning and this video has 130,000 views and a lot of people have feelings. A lot of people have feelings. Um, Personally, I am happy about this. I love Jacqueline. You say what you want. She, for me, I loved her. I felt like she was just like herself and if it pissed you off, whatever, she was just being herself and I loved her and I know that Melissa, you know, obviously was a little bit of a wedge between her relationship with Teresa and time, time, guys, time, we can evolve, we can change and I was not upset seeing them together. Do I think Teresa is obviously a little bit strategic in this? Yes. Do I think it's Teresa? No, I think it might be Louie. But whatever. I don't care. Because seeing them together, 2016 version of me was alive and well. Like, you know, I some of the comments that I'm seeing are hysterical. And I'll, I'll go through them. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm gonna cover hot takes. Um, Oh, wait, sorry, it's 160,000, not 30. Wow. Um, okay, so I'm just going to pull up some of these comments because it's so freaking funny. And I just feel like everybody's in this. So Butterfly Shani writes, they were my favorite Housewives duo, along with Nini and Cynthia and Lisa and Kyle. That's a bold statement. And listen, I liked them together, too. Um, people are saying, uh, real Jessica of New Jersey says, this is my Super Bowl. Same, Jessica. Same. Same. Laura Diltz says, I only like this because Melissa is probably going to get destroyed. But Jacqueline better not hurt Teresa. Bruh, I can't watch that again. Same. That would be painful. I don't need that. I do not need that. Facetune entered the chat and says, oh, hello, me. I mean, yes, we know Teresa is a fan of Facetune. So that's hysterical. Then this. Okay. Chris Dot Lafa and I'm gonna spell it because you deserve this, Chris. Obviously the name Chris. Dot L A F A writes seriously. Next season should be all OGs. dina won't do it, so let's sub in Dolores. Okay. The amount of likes that this comment has is a lot, and I'm there for it. Like, I listen. Put it on Peacock. You don't even need to put it on Main Bravo. Like, I will watch that. I will watch that. I think a lot of people will. Then. Someone writes this, and I had a re- I had an opposite reaction. Someone writes, while this was going down, somewhere in Jersey, Caroline was screaming and didn't know why. Okay, that was, I got this 913, who I know has been a follower for a bit, and she always has, like, great comments. Um, but I wrote back, I honestly feel like Caroline isn't bothered at all. Especially since she's in the middle of a huge legal thing with Brandy, you know, with Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 4, that whole mess. Um, But I just feel like Caroline could give two shits, guys. Like, Caroline, I think, is very past this, and we need to, like, stop. I know she goes on some things and has said some things in the last, you know, year or so, but she gets probed. Um I don't know. I just think that she's sort of like doing her thing. She's a grandma. She's loving Marky. Like, let's let her live. She's doing what? That Food Love Chaos YouTube video, YouTube with, with um, the cooking channel. Like, I don't think she really cares. And she's family with Jacqueline. And I think that like, what I've heard lately is like, they don't really care. Like, they're in totally different spaces right now. They don't really interact with each other. Like, there's no issue, you know? So... I know that people were like reacting to that, but I thought that was. I was like, nah, I don't think so. Like, I don't think so. And then Anna Bu Nana Nine says, honestly, Teresa hinted at this on her podcast. She was super positive about Jacqueline, but I feel like they've always been Jacqueline. You know? Oh, sorry, they've always been Jacqueline. I feel like they've always like since so much time has passed, they both have been like kind of nice about each other. So we'll see. Some someone else, vintage film lover seventy four. Anything is possible in New Jersey. I mean. Bruce is from New Jersey, so yeah. Also, Wawa, I love Wawa when I go through. Um, Yeah, I mean, so many comments. Like, there's a lot going on. This is a busy week. I know I have not covered everything, guys. I'm very aware. And we will do, we will cover a lot, you know, moving forward. I can't cover it all in one episode. There's way too much to, to talk about. But these are the things I wanted to bring to you this week. This is going to be a crazy couple months, guys, get your beauty rest because we got a lot to talk about all these shows going on it's amazing i also know that traders was renewed for season two so catch up on traders if you have not but love talking to you guys like talking about the recaps obviously talking about things that are in the news social media discussing your hot takes is a blast and i can't wait to do it again next time see you guys soon